Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's Where's the the Lemonade? Lemonade? Where we talk about what happens when life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, Maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah. (laughs) On today's episode, we're going to talk about why blended families fail. Aww. I know, pretty sad. So when we started looking at this episode, we looked at a bunch of different articles on why blended families have such a hard time succeeding. And then we kind of thought back at our own coming together and blending our two families. We did. And we did a little bit of research and talked about our own failures, right? And successes. And many of both. Yep, there have. Um, But it was interesting. We found this one article that talked about how in a non-blended family. I won't say normal because <laughs> blended is normal for us now, right? Yeah, it is for us But now. in a traditional family that um, is in their first marriage and has a family, the big three things that people fight over, that couples fight over, are money, sex, and in-laws. Not in that order particularly. Yeah. And we added kids. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I don't know in a traditional sense that I don't no, know. There was yeah. a, there's always some disagreements yeah. between moms and dads on the best way to but, raise kids. So imagine those big three plus one. Um, imagine that now in a blended family. So imagine money. So why do you think that money in a blended family would be well, more difficult? Well, because money is a lot more scarce now. You've got to buy double of everything. You're paying child support. You're receiving child support. It money becomes not as fluid as it was before, so it becomes a additional stressor. It very much so, very much. Especially if you you know if you have court costs. I mean, just it can be super stressful. It can. So that adds stress. And then the next one is sex. How in the world is sex a problem in a new new marriage? Well, I think when. You are in a traditional marriage and you get married and then, you know, you're together for a while before you have kids and everything just kind of flows naturally. And now, I mean, you're just trying to find time to even do something like that because you're, you're, you know, your lives are so busy and crazy and chaotic and, and your, your, um, mind is being pulled in so many different ways where, I don't know. So you just said something interesting. What did I say? <laughs> it sounds like sex is all in women's minds. Well, that is true for women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so when you're... So there's a tip for all you guys. You got to get in your wife's heads. Yep. Yep. It's in our heads. So yeah, just adding on all those stresses that you already have of a normal life, now add on all these blended family stresses. And I think, yeah, it would be difficult. Now, in-laws is another interesting aspect to this because... Even if you're in a blended family, your former in-laws, which I call outlaws, right, um, are still part of your life because they're part of your kid's life. They're your kid's grandparents. Right. You now have a set, uh, two sets of in-laws right. that you have to work with. Yep. So there's now four, potentially four grandparents involved, right? I mean, four sets, right? Four sets of grandparents. Yeah. yeah. Potentially. No, four, four, four grandparents. Or, right, oh, yeah, not four. Wait. Total of eight <laughs> I can't people. can't figure this out. Total of eight people, right? Two sets on each side because yeah, grandparents yeah, come so in pairs. Yeah, so four sets. Yeah, yeah four so, sets. Okay, yeah, yeah, four sets. 
So potentially, I mean, <sighs> and you know, depending on how your divorce goes, you may have very little interaction with your, you know, formal in-laws or you or may- Or you may have a lot. You may have a lot. So yes, I, you know, in my first marriage, I didn't, I don't know that we fought a whole lot about those three, those big three. Um, I don't know. What about you and your first marriage? No, those big not, three? but those were stressors, obviously. Yeah, they are stressors, right. but they weren't the big fights. But yeah. I can tell you in, when it comes to a blended family, those things get magnified in a huge way. Right. I would say in-laws, I don't know that we've ever had a fight about that. No. no so no. I would, I mean, our, our, and I guess that's a testament to all of the in-laws and our parents, your parents, the outlaws, they've all been, you know, great in our situation. So Yeah, no. Believe it or not, I couldn't believe this statistic when I saw it. 50% of all families are now blended families. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so think about that. And so when you're talking to someone that comes from a blended family, remember, especially as parents, that there's a lot more stress on their lives than normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, than what it was before. Right. And another statistic that's shocking is the divorce rate. In blended families. Yeah, absolutely. The divorce rate in a blended family is between 65 and 75%. That's just awful. Well, and that's because the stress levels are so much higher. Absolutely. I, I can totally see. I can totally see how it's just like, you know what? This is just too hard. Because there are days where you just go, this is, this is so hard. Is it worth it, right? You constantly ask yourself, is this worth it? The answer is, yeah, it's worth it. Well, in our case, it absolutely is. You know, everybody has to answer that question on their own. Um, you know what I mean? That's an individual they question. They do, but it's, it's important to try and figure out how to work through it. Absolutely. I well, mean, you married that person for a reason. Yes, you did. Right? right? So just like your first marriage, you know, you got to try and do everything you can to make it work. But you have to understand that it's different because now it's not just you and your spouse when it comes to raising the kids. These kids have two homes. Right. Right. So you have to deal with different rules in different homes. You can't just schedule and do whatever you want because you have to Ooh. coordinate with another set of parents. Yep. And that's where things get really tricky. Right. Right. You, you would hope that, oh, I'm going to get divorced and my life's going to be a whole lot easier because I have complete control over everything. Oh, so wrong. So absolutely wrong. <laughs> you, have, you can't just do whatever you want at all. Like it's actually really frustrating. It, it can be very frustrating. Yeah. Even, in, even when you've got a good relationship absolutely. with the other household. It's, well, I thought I had the kids on that night. It, no, you don't. Well, I already made plans. Oh. Yeah. It, no, it can be crazy. I mean, you never quite get the Christmas you want because you have to share it. Yeah. You know, it just... Yeah, it's well, and then also your parents do they they may plan like a family reunion? Do they have to plan it around your schedule? Sometimes your kids won't be able to go. Yep, and that really stinks. All right, we talked about stressors mostly on the parents. Right now, let's talk about some of the biggest problems that see families primarily with the kids and raising the kids so this is outside of those stressors that we already talked about yeah so a big one is sibling rivalry so when you bring blended families together and you've got two sets of kids that you're bringing together that have been raised 
possibly two different ways up to this point um, and doing, you know, different things. Now they're being thrown together, possibly teenagers or middle schoolers. And, you know, little kids, I think, have such a easier time with it. It's like, oh, look, a new friend, right? Like, yay. That is true. Yeah. Um, that's very true for little kids. But the older kids, it's harder for. So let's talk about normal sibling rivalry in, in a normal nuclear family. Yeah. That exists. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Am I getting the attention I need? I'm right. better than you. And some of those last all the way through adulthood. Yeah. I have no sibling rivalry at all with my my brothers. Yeah, none. <laughs> nope. <laughs> We've gotten over that. Now that we're all older, we finally gotten over that. Yes. But can you imagine now growing 10 kids together instead of just six? And the dynamics between each child and the rivalry between them is, can be quite substantial. And we have to remember, we're throwing these kids you're now living with these strangers that, guess what? They're now your brothers and sisters. And they're you like, guys have to be bestie friends. Yeah, and you didn't get to choose it. It's just happening to you. Now, when we, when we first got married, we had three kids out of the house, Rachel, Amanda, gone. Yep. Well, Matthew left shortly after. Right. Um, so in the house, we had two 16-year-olds. Boys, two 16-year-old boys. Two 16-year-old boys, two weeks apart. Oh. Very different boys. Almost couldn't be more different. Almost couldn't be more different. (laughs) And then we, (sighs) under those 16-year-olds, we had a 14-year-old, a Mm 12-year-old, and then a four, five, and six-year-old. Yep. So the sibling rivalry between our 16-year-olds was cordial. It was cordial. And- we didn't know how it was going to go because they no, were just you and so I were different. Both worried about we just this. were like, "How is this going to work?" And you know, they just kind of ignored each other. Yeah, they never. It was not like I hate him or I hate him. Not not at all. No, it's just um, it was just another they, person in the house. Yeah, and at school they went to the same high school. Um, yeah, you do your thing, I'll do mine. And See you back at home. Our at some parents point. are crazy for doing this. Yeah, I mean, they had their own cars. Like it yeah. was because they already did before we got married. And yep. um, yeah, and they weren't ever rude to each other, ever. They weren't overly nice to each no. other. They, it, it was, was just, like two passing eh. ships in the dark. Yeah. Now they're friends. Now they're friends. Yeah. yeah. They talk to each other on the yeah. phone. They live apart. They, they went up uh, at different times. They ended up in the same area in Utah, and now they live apart. They still uh, contact each other. It's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, they're friends now. The most sibling rival we had at that time when we moved in, got married, was uh, between two of my kids. Oh, Jacob and Julianne? Jacob and Julianne. Yeah. And it mostly was from Julianne up to Jacob. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that Jacob wanted that rivalry, but... No, but Julianne most definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was... Poor Julianne. 12-year-old girl, hormones raging, parents divorced, new stepmom, new step-siblings. I mean, oh, goodness. So it was interesting how we handled all that, which we'll talk about more later in Tips of Success, but recognizing the rivalry and how the blending of families kind of exacerbated uh, the rivalry, even between blood siblings. Right. Um, You have to watch out for those things. So that's one thing to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing on our list is everyone needs attention. 
including me. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you- Especially me, yeah. right? <laughs> well, that's an important aspect. Make sure you give your spouse the attention that they No, seriously, when need. it says everyone needs attention, that means everyone. And it's hard in a blended family. It's hard to give everyone attention. I mean, in our case, we had seven kids living at home. So there was nine of us in this house. Yeah, and we also had to give attention to our kids that were already gone. Absolutely, because they kind of were just watching all of this from afar. You know, how is this all happening? What's going on? Am I part of this? Am I not? Is that my new home? I don't know. You know, it was... Yeah, it was It was difficult for everyone. Yes, um, it was. But we, you know, we have to focus and recognize the unique attention that each child needs. So this this is a problem Yeah, when you only have 24 hours in a day. Yes. Right. So it little is. small things like sending a text message or leaving a note behind make a huge right. difference to kids because they feel part. Yeah. Picking them up from school, maybe instead of being in a carpool because you might have that 10 minutes in the car with someone, you know, these are sacrifices that, that we have to make. Um, and you got to see where you can make those little sacrifices so that you can give everybody just a little bit of attention. Yeah. All right. The next one is really a tough one. And that step parent discipline can be challenging. Uh, yep. Especially when you're throwing <laughs> teenagers together in a blended family. So, and we've said this before on our podcast, we did not discipline each other's teenagers. It was like, you know, you, you disciplined your... When we first got married. When we first got married. I, I, actually, I don't know that ever well, that I discipline. Well, now we've got three teenagers in the house that have all been raised right. together. Yeah, but that's, that's completely different. Yeah. But no, the older kids, you did your, you know, it's too, um, gosh, you're trying to balance everything and it's just too precarious to be like, hey, 16-year-old, I'm your new stepmom. I know you're just now getting to know me, but go to your room because... You just did something. I mean, ooh, no. No, no. It's not good. It's not good. But there are times when I needed your help. Absolutely. And we talked about that ahead of time. Right. I need you to help me out. Right. I don't know what to do in this situation. So right. I need you to step in and yes. take, take that role. Yeah. But yeah, you have to look at the ages of the kids. Teenagers, in my opinion... Teenagers is tough. Is let the bio parent handle the discipline, one hundred, because you're just gonna you're just gonna ebb away at your relationship that you're trying to form. So let the bio parent handle the discipline. Um, but the little kids, like we had a four, five, and six year old, we decided right off the bat, there's no way that I mean, I was you know, you were at work, I was at home with them. I mean, we had to yeah, and, and both be on the same page with discipline, and yeah. Well, and the other thing, so there's a difference between discipline and... Right. We established common rules for everyone. Yes, the rules were the same for everyone. Right. Um, just who dished out the discipline was, right. was different. And the discipline was different for each kid as well. Yeah. And you might get a little pushback because your rules now in this new family Are gonna may be different. Be different They're going to be different. And what, because you've got, you've been parenting over here. I've been parenting over here. We've now got to come together. What are we compromising on? What are our new rules? What? So there might be some pushback from teenagers, especially going, well, that wasn't how our rules used to be. So 
my new stepdad or stepmom has just ruined. ruined yeah. So you have to be somewhat careful being overly, because I've seen this in some blended families. The the parents come down with these just super strict rules and they constrain everything. Yeah. And your kids are going to resent that. So you got you to gotta walk, walk that path very carefully. I remember one of the rules that really bothered Jake. You know, he was 16. When um, we lived in Lincoln, you know, me and Jake and Sam, who was only four or five. Um, Three or four, yeah. Yeah. And we would sit in our family room and, you know, eat while we watched the TV or, you know, we were very casual since it was just the three of us and our couch was a piece of junk anyway. And so anyway, um, and then we moved to this house and, you know, we had new rules. There was no eating in the family room. No, and Which is really funny because that wasn't my rule. That was your rule. It was rule. my rule. <laughs> you had no problem enforcing that. Like if you saw someone walk in there, you'd be like, out of the you family know, room. Out of the family room. And yeah, that, I think that was really hard for Jake. He was just like, you know, I think he just thought this is ridiculous, this new family. I'm sure, I'm sure he did. Yeah. Which I think was hilarious because that wasn't one of the things I even thought about. That was something that you thought about. Yes, but that's your role. That definitely but, would be your role now too. Oh, yeah. 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 In fact, I break that rule more than you do. Like if the kids aren't here, I'll take like a bowl of something <laughs> over to the couch. You rarely do that. No, because I know I'm going to spill on the couch and I'll have to buy a new couch. <laughs> Is that why? That's exactly why. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. The last thing, the last big problem that we find in blending families is that you start feeling like separate families. Yes. Your kids, my kids. In right. the same house. Yes. And how do we become one? And in a way, in some things, you never will. You never will. No. Like, and we've talked about this before. On our wall with all of our pictures, we have a P and an L. And an L. Or Lloyd was, you know, my, that's still my kid's last name. And that used to be my last name. And Pulsifer, obviously, is your and your kid's last yep. name. I do not ever <laughs> want my kids to think that I have forgotten about that that is their name and their, well, you know, claim. And, and that's important for me. To recognize the importance of the Lloyd history, the history right. that you had together that you brought into this family. Yes. Right? Because that's what makes us who we are. So Absolutely. Uh, we even have come up with the ploy defers. We've come up yep. with some other terms. Um, so it's important um, that, you know, you do your best to join those families. Now, for us, it was more than two separate families. When we first got to married, we thought that, we would probably feel like three different families. Yeah. Because our older kids, um, two of your kids were already out of the house and Jake was very soon after. Right. And then my older kids, I had one out of the house and then Dallin would be soon after. And the other, we right. thought that there would be the older kids, the older Pulsifers, the older Lloyds, and then the three little ones yep. that were four, five, and six yep. that would be raised together. Right. And we really thought, well, this is the way it's going to be. Right. And in a way, it is, right? I mean, it is. My, my older kids are tight. Your older kids are tight. The three amigos are, you know, that's, But what tight. surprised us is our older kids, when, they, when we get together, they all want to be together. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. they want the younger kids, the three amigos, with them, and they don't want us around. Right. Right. So they have really done a great job at forming those bonds. In fact, here's a good example. Um, 
Amanda, our oldest, is making a transition back to California right now. And she, um, someone had hit her and her car got totaled right before she moved back here. And so she's looking for a car. And last night we were, you know, looking for a car with her. And I was like, oh, here's a cute car. And this is in your price range. And she was like, there's not much of a back seat. And I'm like, well, how often do you need a back seat? And she said, well, I have three little siblings that, you know, I'm going to be taking around now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that is pretty cool. You know, she immediately thought of them. Um, so that just goes to show you. And I think they all feel that way. Yeah. That these, you know, these siblings are But you have to be those. cognizant of that. And you, have and you to can't do, force it. No, you, but you have to do small things to help foster it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't force it. You can't be like, that is your sibling. You know, you're going to be with them no matter what. And you just, you can't you don't force have a it. choice. Yeah, right. It You've got to foster it in small ways and then stand back. All right, so we've talked about uh, the stressors of being parents in a blended family, the problems that arise between kids in a blended family. Let's talk about some of the success, the tips of success that we've had for ourselves and also that we've read about in some of these articles. Yeah, so this first one says, relinquish some control over the raising of your kids. I don't like that one. <laughs> That's because you don't have to share that much. That's a hard one, but right? But you do. I have found it fascinating with you. You've really taken my kids as. Absolutely. And I've taken Sam as my own. Right. With, with your kids, we, we have full custody. Right. So it's different. Yes. With my kids, it's 50-50. Right. So I, I can't get upset if the kids come home with a haircut that's different than what I thought it that is, you, you give up so much control. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, like you said, we don't with Sam because we have him 100% of the time. And so I don't know it as much as you know it, right? But I think you feel it a little bit because- Oh, I do. You feel my kids a, as yours. Yeah. That's how you kind of feel. And you feel it even though you know it's not. I know it's not true. And I know that they have a mom who loves them and I have to you know, respect that. And I do respect that 100%. Um, but yeah, it is hard. And I do give second thought to taking someone to get a haircut, especially girls. That's very much a mom thing. And so, you know, you do give pause to certain things and go, mm, you know, should I do that or not? Right. Should I do right. that or not? Is that going to be okay? Is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? But yeah, you definitely have to give up control for right. sure. That can be very hard for some people, but absolutely by doing it, it, it doesn't mean all control. I have no control over my kid because right. then your kids ran, run ramshot over you. Right. It's some control, right? If the other parent is taking care of something, you don't have to. Right. It's kind of a change. Right. Now, the other thing that we learned is a lot of compassion, patience, grace, whatever you want to call it, right? Because communication with, uh, with your ex is not always going to go great. It's not. It's not. I mean, we've, we've been up and down with that. and. It's difficult. And the best thing I think you can do is try and put yourself in their position. And, you know, to, why are they so upset about this? And sometimes there's just not going to be any good reason why they're upset about something. And you don't know what's going on in their life to make them upset about whatever they're and upset about. And it's none of your business. That's right. So, so you just have to be compassionate. You just have to be compassionate and patient and just go, you know what? This is all I have control over. And, you know, this is all I can do. 
And that's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, that can be it's hard. hard. Uh, another interesting thing that I uh, mentioned, we've seen this in our own lives. You have to root out jealousy. Oh man, that is hard. Yeah, it can that be is very hard. Especially, difficult. I think we've, we've read this before and we know this to be true with the two women in the family, right? With the- Yeah, with the mom and the stepmom. Yeah, yeah. There tends to be more, well, I was going to go do that or, oh, she got a new hairdo or she got a big old fancy new car. Right. All those or things. how dare you take my child to do that or, you know what I mean? Just, and it all stems from jealousy or, you know, and yeah, that's a hard one. It's a hard one. It takes a long time to, it's almost something you have to practice you know, pushing that down, those feelings of jealousy. And you got to really work on that. And you just constantly have to remind yourself what is best for the kids. Yeah. So what is a tip that you have to overcome jealousy? Ooh, I think what I just said, the best tip I have is when you're in those feelings of, you know, oh, I, you know, I really want to take the kids and do that or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's okay. I don't have control over that. You know, they're having a good time with their own kids. They're right. You just have to. So you have to celebrate that your kids are having an opportunity that maybe they wouldn't have before. Exactly. And just go, you know, it's okay. I can still do that with them another time. Right. You just have to go. It's okay. It's okay. Even if, even if the other person is doing it to get at you, which then that can happen too. That can happen. Um, you still have to go, you know what? You know, this was still great for the kids. They're happy. Right. They're happy. So, yeah. So, put the kids first. I like that. All right. Shed off feelings of resentment. That fits into all that jealousy stuff. Yeah, it does. Um, oh. Well, we can, and we could talk more. For, we could talk for an hour about, you know, the money thing. And we've talked about this on a podcast before. Like when your ex, who you might be paying, you know, a lot of alimony or child support to, depending on your situation, and you're struggling financially. And then they go out and buy a new car or they go on some fancy vacation or, you know, whatever it might be. And that's hard. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really difficult. That's really hard. And once again, it's not your business, right? Right. Remember what is your business and what's not. And don't take it out on the kids. And because, you know, that was a really, if they took a great trip or they got a new car, how fun for the kids. And you have to look at it that way. Not, I didn't get to do that. And I didn't get to do that with them. Just. Kids are having fun with that, and you might, and you're going to be hearing it from them. Oh yeah. Oh, we got to do this, and then oh, we love this, and you're just like, uh huh, uh huh. But the best thing to do <laughs> is say that it that isn't that great, right? Yes, that is the best thing, even if you don't mean it. Like, that is great that you had yep. that, that great chance to go to Disneyland. Without exactly. Me. Even if you don't mean it, <laughs> say it. Yep. It or means, your kids. It means a lot to your kids. Yes. Yes, for sure. All right. The other, uh, the next one is, and this has to do with overcoming sibling rivalry. Don't take sides between biological and non-biological kids. Ooh. Have we had that happen in our family? We haven't. But we've read- Trying to think of a situation. We've read of couples that that has happened. Yeah. Right? And and it's almost like they're fostering this sibling rivalry. Well, better than- Right. Because my genes are better than your genes. Right, right. What in the world are you talking about? That's just Yeah, we've never had that. I think we have had times where I felt like- Ooh, maybe you treated my biological kid differently differently than you would have treated your biological kid. I think we've had moments like yeah, that. Yeah, we've had some. Um, but w- you and I go and talk about that in private, right? Because right. you are going to have that, especially in the beginning. You're going to oh, be like, yeah. "Why did you treat my kid that way?" You know, and yeah, so, so you, yeah, you got to be mindful of that. Be mindful of it, and don't let it fester. 
Don't, if you no, have an you issue, go talk about it. we know about this. Yes. Go talk about it right away, or it's just going to turn into something else for sure. Now, the next thing is really fascinating. There's going to be a change in birth order when you blend two families together. Your hmm. oldest child may no longer be the oldest child. Yeah. And that role that they typically play is going to be replaced by somebody else. Interesting. I never thought about that. So they may end up as a middle child instead right. of the oldest. Right. Or the baby may not be the baby anymore. Right. Which is the case in our house with Sam. Yeah. But we always, he'd, he'd always say, he always says, you know, I'm the baby in the Lloyd family, you know, or yeah. he'll say something like that. Or I'm the baby half the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When he's here by himself. Right. So just keep in mind that age, um, birth order does matter in a lot of things. Right. And now you're changing that up. So you yeah. got to pay attention. You have to, to acknowledge it. D definitely. Um, oh, make sure you're using common consequences and rewards across the kids. Same rules and make sure that, oh, you did your homework or you got straight A's. I'm going to pay you $1,000. Oh, you got straight A's. You get $5. Yes. Kids, they oh, look at all of that. They pay attention to it all. So you got to be very careful that you're setting up some common, right. commonality. Well, especially teenagers. Even when you know you're being <sighs> fair, they still, they're looking. They are looking <laughs> to find something. Absolutely. So it can be tricky. It can be tricky. Um, um, now for us, we, we had the benefit of having our four, five, and six-year-old being raised together in this situation. So we rarely have this case where um, things are different at all. We both discipline all three kids. Right. Without, I mean, they, they don't know any different. But as we right. mentioned before, teenagers, that's a tricky one. You've got to work through uh, those issues. Yep. Yep. All right. What else? Both parents should attend all the kids' activities. Yeah. Showing unity. Don't be like, oh, that's your kids' soccer game, so you go watch them. Right. Well, and there's been times where I've had to travel and you still went to. Of course. Always. Your stepkids' things. Always. Right? So. Always. Yeah. Because you are now. One of their parents. Right. 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 And if you don't attend, then you're showing that they don't matter that much. To you. And you are definitely keeping a divide. Th that is one thing that will keep you from being a blended family. If you do that, if you go, well, I'm going to go to Joe's game, but I'm not going to go to my stepkid, you know, Bob's game. They are paying attention. Now, you're not always going to be able to go to everything. <laughs> no, you won't. You're just not. But be mindful. Be mindful. And be fair, because they're they're keeping score. Yes, they are. <laughs> Whether you think they are or not, <laughs> yeah, they, they are. are keeping score. Now, the next thing is, and this can be really hard because if you went from having four kids, having ten kids, how do you give individual attention to each child? Are you asking me because that's what happened to me? Yes, did you, I'm did asking you. Know that? you. I, did I that went from you? four kids to ten kids. It's like it's pretty <laughs> funny because. She has done an excellent job, Paige. I mean, you've done an incredible job at showing that individual care for each one of the kids. So much so that the kids that are out of the house, they will text you before they text me. Not always, but I do have a good relationship with them for sure. And I love them so much. And it's been, they've been easy. They've been easy to do that with. They've, been, they've let me um, form a bond with them. Well, Not a motherly bond, but, but a bond. A bond. Well, and one thing that you did that I, I still have struggle with at times is when you give kids atten your attention. Yes. So 
if they're talking to you, I cannot interrupt. You won't let me interrupt. I won't. <laughs> if, even if I have the house is on fire, you'll go, um, just a second. Yeah, I never want the kids to feel like they don't matter. And so if I'm having a conversation with them, I know you'll walk in the room and you'll start talking to me and I look at you and I'm like, just a minute. Yeah. And I, it bothers you. <laughs> it and I know it bothers you. And I'm like, that is just too bad. because It, it does bother me. I know it does. I'm getting over it. Because a, you know why I'm doing it. It's I know to make exactly why you're it doing it. It is to make them feel important. And I think it's hilarious, especially when the kids were younger, talking to you about Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I sit and listen and I, I act interested. And that's okay. Fake it till you make it, people. And seriously, right? Yep. You don't have to actually like or be interested in all so these things. So it's, it's not carving out time mm -mm. to be with them. It's the small things that you do every day right. that show that, I care about you. You're right. an individual. Yes, and, for sure. And, and that's key. For sure. And then, yes, the last one is forge bonds with all of the kids over time. And that's difficult too, especially the ones out of the house or ones that, you know what? We all have kids that it's easier to, you know, gravitate towards them than to another kid, bio or not, right? It's, right. I mean, you, I've got more in common with this kid or we relate better to each other, but try and find a bond that you can have with each child. And it and like you said, over time, it's not one event that makes nope. this happen. Nope. It's just a constant show of um, attention. Yep. And that you care. Okay, our lemonade mode of the week has to do with something that's really been bothering Paige for a long time. That is a fact. Darren has been missing a tooth for four months. And in the front. Like, it's not like it's in the back. It's, it's in the bottom, his though. Front, no one bottom can see tooth, it. Very front bottom tooth. And it's been missing because he, it was infected and he had to have it, have it taken out. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. They and had you been, had two bridges that your brother made. and I, bu I busted right you through You busted them. both of them. So you've just been missing a tooth. And it has been bugging me so bad. And you're just like, you're talking to, you know, top government officials with a missing tooth. I'm like, oh my goodness. I didn't think anyone could see it. But, but now I got, I got a tooth this week. So um, that's why I'm talking a little strange because yes. I'm still getting used to the tooth being in the mouth. So, so yes, you're in. If you like today's episode. Give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, Google. And head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at wheresthelemonade.org. Where you can leave questions and comments. And, but most of all, go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. Yeah.